Bible says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Somebody say one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Let's go ahead and uh, pray in this moment. God, we thank you for what you have done today. Thank you for the way that you've been moving so far. Bless our time in the word. Be with our friends all over the city who are preaching the gospel. They are not our competition, but they are our co-laborers. And so as you bless us, use them as well. And we remember especially our family in Trinidad today, Hope City Church, as they launch their in-person gatherings for the first time. Bless them, Lord, and use them. And we thank you and give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Man, it's family day or family weekend. It's a holiday in Canada. It's so amazing. Mm -hmm. But how do you know that no perfect is no family is perfect? Yeah. Hello. It's true. A lot of people see me like, oh, uh, if you were in the beginning days, you know my dad, Merv, such a great guy. Shout out to Merv. Come on. He helped us um, uh, build the church with us in our launching season. But it wasn't always that uh, good in our relationship. I just want to share a little bit, a little bit of background. I'm, um, you know, many, 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 many moons ago when I was in college and I was preparing... Um, to get into a relationship with my husband, I remember God speaking to me is, if you do not rectify the crack in your relationship with your father, I don't know you'll be ready for the relationship that I have for you. Wow. And that was heavy. And I was like, okay, Lord. And even though I was, it, I don't think we were even talking at that moment, but I knew God was preparing me for somebody. And I remember writing a letter, like a two-page letter to my dad, but all the things saying, hey, the Lord has spoke to me. If I don't rectify things with you, I'm not sure this is hindering, hindering me to be into relationship with who God has for me. And so um, I remember putting that letter in the mail because I, I was in university in the U.S., and uh, I remember one day I was preparing to go back home on a Christmas break and my dad was waiting outside and he said, you know what, I'm sorry. Wow. And that's one of the, I think one of the most powerful things as a parent or as a person is releasing someone and saying sorry. And so it was many, many years of back and forth of, uh, you know, issues and stuff like that, that I had to own, that he had to own. But I, I'm grateful to say that we're in such a good place right now after all those years. And so... I just want to say that sometimes when you look at people, you're like, I wish I had that type of relationship with them. But you don't know the work, wow. the tears, the shouting, come on, the hung up phones, maybe words that we should not have shared um, at those times. But I want to say that there is a God of reconciliation and restoring. I think it's so powerful. And I just want to note this because a lot of you don't know Merv um, because he, you know, obviously hundreds of you have joined the church since he's a part. But he literally, um, he, so he moved over an hour away, and this is why we don't see him in person as often as we would like any longer. You know, but it was so powerful to me on Sundays to see, uh, it would be my sons, you know, and myself, and then, you know, the, the setup and teardown team. If you were here back in the theater days, you know about that setup and teardown, 7 a.m. And it was powerful because my sons and my daughter were able to serve the Lord with their granddad. And I just thought it was powerful, not just their parents, but they were able, watch, to serve the Lord with their granddad, see this generational impact, and it would not have happened 
And it would not have been possible if Pastor Chantal and him did not go through that season of repair to where now their relationship has been strengthened. And I want to say that what's powerful is you would never looking and think there was ever an issue. Very good. And God can really restore. And it might take a long time, but God is a God of restoring. I want to say this, and I'm piggybacking on that. I mean, you know, I wonder for those of you who have difficulty in your familial relationships right now, you know, what is on the other side of your humility? Mm. Mm. I know that you are like, I'm right. Come on, somebody. And they wronged me or whatever the case may be. But what generationally is God desirous of displaying on the other side of you humbling yourself wherever you're at? And I, I know some of y'all are like, ooh, you just start you're like, man, why did I come today? <laughs> well, the, this is exactly why you came today. Because we want to see how many of you know that many of the issues we're facing in the world today are as a result mm-hmm. of the pride that is thriving in the context of dysfunction. And we oftentimes are unwilling. And, and so if we would say yes to the Lord, especially as Christians, to make that move, oftentimes God has uh, amazing things on the other side of our humility. And I want to add to that. I kept thinking in that season, I was like, you're the parent, I'm the child. Hmm. I kept saying that over. And so I don't, I don't think I should be coming to you. You should be coming to me. And I, had to keep, I kept thinking that over and over again. I had to humble myself. The, and the Lord spoke to me that this relation was hindering me from this other relationship on the other side. Wow. That I had to humble myself, even though I thought I'm in the position of the, the child. But realizing it's not about position. It's about where God is breaking my heart, where God wants healing for me. And even if my dad didn't want to come to restoration, it was about me and my God and what God had for me. Very good. Very, very good. And so with this in mind, you know, I think this is a great launch pad. The heart and the hope of this message is to challenge you as it pertains to boundaries, um, you know, around uh, just the various areas of, you know, that we as a family are supposed to establish boundaries. Mm -hmm. And also with the hopes that, you know, those who uh, have situations where family members may have gone out of bounds, Mm -hmm. that you realize God's desire, that God is, has called us to be ministers of reconciliation. Amen. And that his desire is to see uh, situations as possible rectified. I'll tell you this, you know, I said a couple weeks ago when we were talking about, you know, yeah, I might forgive you, but I don't want to see your face and all this. And a lot of people took that as if I was saying, or some of you might have taken that as if we were saying that, you know, you don't have to actually forgive people or you can forgive people and still hold a grudge. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. I was saying there's forgiveness and healing are two different things and so in the process even though i've forgiven you um i might not want to be in the presence of the person who abused me come on somebody might take some time for god to sanctify me in that area mm-hmm. to be able to be there and be in that. so um, so i, I just want to make that clear right but as we're talking now about establishing healthy boundaries, I think it's important. And thank you, so, babe, so much for your vulnerability and for sharing in that, mm-hmm. in that area. You know, the scripture declared and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And so here at the beginning of time, we see this declaration and this thought in the first family, Right where there's this declaration of what was to happen down the corridors of time, that a man should leave his father and his mother and he should, should cleave 
to his wife. This is where this idea of leaving and cleaving has come from. And so, you know, when we're thinking about this, especially on Family Day weekend and the idea of establishing healthy boundaries, um, you know, the first thing I want us to establish and note is that we, here we go, have to establish our own family traditions. Mm-hmm. Let me say this again. Somebody say, establish, establish your own family traditions. You know, the thing is that I want to say a lot of families, the reason why uh, you are having dysfunction and challenge in your immediate household is because, watch this, those who used to be your immediate family have now become your extended family, but you're still treating them as if they're your immediate family. So good. And so what happens is, watch this, oh, can we just be real today, y'all? I mean, so look, I know you used to get together with your family on Thursdays for dinner or Tuesdays or whatever day for dinner. You're now what is your extended family, right? But now that you're married or you have your own family, sometimes what we try to do is, this is the way we've always done it. And there's friction in the household. Come on, somebody. Because you're trying to uh, steward your, what is now your immediate family as if it uh, is, as if your extended family is still your immediate family. And you and I, we have to be intentional about leaving and cleaving. And where there's unity in the house to where if you're, if you and your spouse and your family are desirous of maintaining a tradition that might have been in place uh, from before you guys got married, that's your choice. Don't touch Christmas dinner (laughs) (laughs) or Thanksgiving. Come on. You already know how it is around the holidays. But you have to be willing because now your immediate family is your immediate family. You have to be willing sometimes to disappoint the extendeds. Oh, man. To keep order in your immediate family. So you have to establish your own family traditions. Identify now who is your immediate and who is your extended. Come on, somebody. And so something that I, you know, I really, really believe, I believe that every family should create their own DNA. Very good. Do not let external family members, friends, coworkers speak into that. What is God calling your family? What's the new DNA that you want to create for your children or even before children come in? Like, man, when Pastor Andrew and I first got married, he was like, all right, it's time for family worship. I'm like, but there's only two of us. (laughs) He was like, yeah, but we're going to establish what we want for our family. So I remember from day one, we would do family worship on the weekends, just me and him. And then a year later, we had one child joining family worship. Then the year after, we had a second child. And then six years later, we had baby number three join family worship. And so we've been still doing that for, it's been 17, like it's been 15 years we've been yep. doing this. But we started the DNA with just the two of us. But sometimes we were, we're waiting for when we have this big, robust family. But you start wherever you're at to bring people along the journey. God prepares places before he, play, before he puts people there. Say you that again. God prepares places before he, p- he places people. Mm-hmm. And it's important because, you know, look at the Garden of Eden. He made the Garden of Eden. Then he puts at, then he creates his crowning after creation us and he places us there and so it is in your household you establish your family traditions you set the thing in order don't wait till you have kids and i'll even say this this is not just a um a a natural family sort of a scenario you might be a part of a family by choice Mm -hmm. because we understand that everybody's familial journey and situation is not 
equal, is not um, similar. And sometimes you're, you've left your household and you're a part of a family by choice. You're not necessarily married or into it or by blood, but your family by choice. And so that counts as well. It's being a part and making this decision, establishing who is your immediate family, establishing who is your extended family, and to evaluate your extended familial customs and sift through them based on prioritization. So in other words, you're going through the stuff that's extra or that's out of the house and sifting through them with, with the, the immediate family priorities. So you're saying, I can't do this. I know uh, mom or cousin or, or grandma or whatever. I, I know that we've done this for like 50 years, but we can't. I'm not going to do this, you know, because when I sifted and I put it in place, you know, uh, I, right now I'm sifting and, and I'm saying this is some of y'all like, man, I'm not going to say that to my grandma. Are you crazy? But this is important as we are establishing, you know, healthy And I households. have to say, this was the one that I struggled with the most. <laughs> I come from a very strong family, Absolutely. a very dominant family. Um, when we have our, before COVID, when we used to have our family picnic, 300 people would show up. We were on the Toronto um, Star multiple times on the front page news. So for me to give up a family um, event was very humbling. <laughs> For me, and that's something that I had to work. It was not like, I'll, it probably was year 10 even to, for me to work on this. Not, I, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's easy. No. The compromise was, is not always easy. But because I love my husband, I love the DNA that we're creating for our household, it's worth it to put certain things down. Absolutely. And so with this being said also, just moving on, um, you know, when you're, when you're talking about um, establishing your own family traditions, you also, number two, have to establish boundaries, watch this, that guard your family mission, you mm. know? Establish boundaries that guard your family mission. I want to back up even before that and ask you, do you have a mission for your household? Do you have a vision statement for your household? Do you, as mm. a man or as the woman of the house or however the scenario is in your household, do your children, do those who are in your household have a clear understanding of what your goals are? My kids understand this house we're in is a three to five year house. They understand that we're in here and at the end of this, uh, because praise the Lord, can I just shout because we have almost $200,000 in equity in the house and we just have been in it. Y'all are, see look, that's what I'm telling you. When the Lord, okay, anyway, I'm gonna just, but I'm saying they know at the end of the three to five that we're either selling this to be able to move to move up or that we are going to lease this and also take what we've made and be able to go elsewhere. Because I'm trying, I'm trying to establish and gain uh, through real estate. Come on, somebody. They understand what's up in the household. They get it. And so there's a vision. They understand everything that we get in our possession, what's happening. With it. So do you have a vision, right? They understand that we're going to be a family that leads in the things we do. We're not just telling you to give, but we give. My kids give. We're not just telling you to lead in the, to, to do the liturgy. We participate in the liturgy. We do it in our house. And so with that said, we're intentional about training them up in the way they should go. As, Philipp, as uh, Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, even when they get old, they will not depart from it. So good. And so we can't, are you going to move on? Or? No, you can go on. And so with this, with this in mind, I want to challenge children in the house. And young people in the house, you know, there is something special about what God is doing and what he wants to do in your household. And it's important for children and parents to collaborate 
in seeing the mission that God and the vision that God has for your household come to pass. Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 1 through 4. Turn there really quickly. Ephesians 6, verse 1 through 4. Powerful passage. It actually talks about something from the Old Testament as well, that a principle that is very powerful. Uh, you want to go ahead and read? Sure. sure. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, yep. for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that they may go well with you and that you will live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the dis dis uh, discipline and instruction of the Lord. Very powerful. So firstly, scripture says that we are children, that we're to obey our parents in the Lord. You know, as you're, especially if you have godly parents, you ought to give God praise for that. And you follow and you lean into the counsel they give you mm -hmm. because they've been here longer than you and they want to see you succeed. And so with that in mind, it's important for children to understand. And notice what he says, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So there is actually length of days. This is not just for, for children who live under your parents' roof currently, but there is length of days that's attached to parental honor. Mm. Oh, my. Can I just talk about this? This is powerful because we read that in the Ten Commandments. And yes, we're no longer under the Ten Commandments. But this is one of those principles that was transferred and reiterated here by an apostle to the church at Ephesus. And so it applies to us. Even in difficulty, you can still find a way to honor your parents. Mm. And so there is length of days. There is blessing that is attached to it. But we usually stop there and don't go any further. He also says... Fathers, yes. come on somebody, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And that's an important one because you got a lot of parents running around telling their kids to obey and this is the vision and this is the mission, but they're also being provocative hmm. and they're stirring them up for ang to anger. And I've had to check myself, can I just be honest? Over the years, I've had to check myself, realize what am I inheriting and perpetuating in my household that happened. You know, the, it's time out for discipline without explanation. It's time out for doing stuff and then kids still have, try to have to figure out what on earth. Is, no, discipline and correction are not efficacious or not effective mm -hmm. if kids don't understand what they did and why they shouldn't do it. And, what, and so when you, a lot of us, we're just doing stuff out of anger. Mm -hmm. And taking out our hard day at work on our children. And it is countering the mission of God. But I'm believing over Serve City, man. Especially all you young couples that we are seeing getting married and establishing your families. That you are going to establish boundaries. Not just for your kids. But also for yourself. Mm -hmm. That will guard the family mission. Sometimes it's difficult to enforce boundaries with our children when we're tired. Listen, those days when you're like, just turn on, watch the TV, eat whatever you want in the fridge. It's so important that we get our rest, that we're sober-minded and clear Very so we can, we can execute really good boundaries. Most times, kids are acting up when we as parents are so tired. And it's, so it's, I think it's very important that you take out the time to evaluate, am I getting the proper rest? Very good. So in order to establish healthy boundaries to, to guard the mission, we have to have, we can't be fatigued. Nope. I think that's very powerful. You know, and, and I think a lot of things we do, um, sometimes we relax our boundaries because of guilt. 
Because you're like, man, I don't want my kids to, you know, I want to make sure I want them to be my friend. And I want them. Listen, man, first and foremost, especially when your kids are coming up. God, yes, being a friend is great. But your primary responsibility is to train them up in the way they should go. Come on, somebody. You don't need them to grow up talking about, hey, Sue and hey, Karen. You know, me and Karen are best friends and we go to the store and we just want. I just flinch when I see stuff and hear stuff like that. But, you know, the thing is, the jo our job is not to grow up to be just chummy, chummy, friendy, friendy. Yes, we want to be friends. Yes, my kids and I, we, we, you know, we're cool and all of that. But at the end of the day, we have to make sure, though, that we are establishing boundaries and we're making sure that we are encouraging them, that we're correcting them when it's necessary, and that we are um, preparing them for success as they go forward. Amen? Amen. You know, you know there's a, a leadership principle that, you know, we use with our team is, Clear is kind, un, um, unclear is unkind. Unclear is unkind. It's unkind. Did yep. I say that properly? Yep. And I think it's important. We don't make it very clear even the roles of a submission in our household. Mm. When it comes to parent, I'm talking about more parent to um, child, that it could be very, they don't understand what their role is and how to execute the things appropriately. Very good. Very, very good. So establishing these boundaries is important. I also want us to, uh, when we're talking about guarding the mission in the household, you know, because notice when we do baby dedications here, blessings at the church, we invite in the liturgy, we invite the church to be able to make a commitment to raising the family as well and standing alongside. Aren't you glad you're not in this thing by yourself? I mean, Come on. You know, but with that being said, it's imperative and it's important for us to have that mindset and understand, watch this, that we have to identify, here it is, to our kids, safe places. Yep. Safe places, i.e. people, right, that they can go into, they can go to in times of distress because they're not always going to come to you. And so there are things that I've learned at times from my kids or learned about my kids from other safe places in our circle. Mm-hmm. Because they may not have come and said it to me. We have a very open relationship and we are clear. But oftentimes, you know, there are people in there. So this way, you have to be very careful about how you, who you bring into the circle. Yep. Oh, my. Yep. You have to be very careful. Watch this. We live in a generation when every, where everyone is bro. Everybody's sis. We're sissing everybody, broing everybody. You know, uh, you, oh, man, we're so cool. You my best friend, best friend, BFF in everybody. Come on, somebody. And so you have to realize when you do that, you're modeling that to your kids. When you tell your, my kids have uncles and aunties, some of them in this church, that are not blood. But they know that's a safe place. And so we don't confer the title auntie or uncle. I don't run around calling everybody bro and sis if around my kids. Because that gives them permission to say that is a safe place. That is somebody that they can trust. So you have to identify and be intentional about identifying safe places and also saying, because we got some secrets in the house too, as to who you're not supposed to go around. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. And this is not off topic, but I just want to put a little nugget there as parents. And this is what we use for our children uh, when they were very young. As a family, we do not keep secrets, but we do surprises. And as a child, a lot of times when people are grooming your kids, they say keep secrets. We change the verbiage so we don't, as a family, we don't keep secrets in this household, nope. but we, we do surprises. And I think that's very a, a thing to use when you have young children so they, when people try to keep secrets from them, from you or for them, that they know that as a family, we don't keep secrets here. And so they'll be able to tell you what's actually going on if someone's trying to groom them for 
inappropriate things. Absolutely, man. It is time out too much. And, I, and I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. There's too much generational perversion. There's too much generational perversion that is passed down and molestation that could have been avoided. Rape that could have been avoided. I don't mean to trigger anyone. Let me just uh, blanket it and say abuse mm -hmm. that could have been avoided oftentimes because we as parents are not doing our job of making sure that we are setting boundaries, that we are being clear with our, with our children as to safe places and unsafe places. And for those who have gone through these things, I implore you and encourage you to use those and use that as fuel to be able to not just guard and protect your children, but those, if you're a godparent or if you're, you know, have been given the permission in someone's life to have access and to share in the responsibility of raising their children and being a part of their village, mm -hmm. that you and I are intentional about, um, about stewarding that well mm. and guarding and protecting them well. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And so we end today with this, and I, I want to say this. There are a lot of people, so the, the boundaries have been crossed. And, you know, as we started by talking about their, you know, that's why we say no perfect people allowed. Because even on this family day weekend, in a familial context, families are broken. Yeah. But I want you to know, watch this, that God is able to restore families. Amen. And I believe, oh, anybody with faith in this place that believes it today? Listen, man, I believe, I know there have been heinous things that have taken place. I'm believing in this season ahead that God, oh, I feel the Lord, is going to turn the hearts of sons back to mothers and fathers. And that God is going to restore households. And that God is going to restore marriages. Can I just declare this stuff? That God is going to do it. They're, 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 you know, and watch this. Like Pastor Chantel said, here's point number three for you. You and I, this is what we need to do. We need to do our part in working towards relational reconciliation. Yeah. Let me say it again. Do your part in working towards relational reconciliation. And so the fact of the matter is that we are not called and responsible for what other people do. But we, you might need to leave here today and for, for your conscience, for your heart, and God might be waiting for you to humble yourself and do this. It might be the time for you to send the phone, to send that text message. Mm. Might be the time for you to leave here and make that phone call by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. It might be the day for you to write that letter mm -hmm. that may be a game changer for you. It might be the time, because Jesus and therapy can work, for you to make that family therapy session mm. with a Christian counselor. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know what it looks like for you. But the fact of the matter is no relational breach is beyond the restoring power of God. Amen. And some of you have been holding on to stuff way too long with your families. Mm -hmm. That it's time to let go and, and move into what it is that God has for you. And so we end today with this scripture, Genesis chapter 33. It's very powerful. I love this picture. Can you tell that we love scripture in this church? <laughs> oh, we love it. And this is a story of Jacob and Esau. <laughs> I don't know how many of you are familiar with this. This guy, man. These, J yo, Jacob was such a waste you. <laughs> he was such a waste you. He teethed his brother's birthright. Watch this. 
which was he was supposed to get as the firstborn. It was giving him the keys to all sorts of familial privileges. And his brother cheated him out of it for a pot of soup. And watch this. It was with the help of his favoritist, his favoritist mother. So his mother was practicing favoritism mm -hmm. and compels him and manipulates him to do this thing that breaks, not only messes up the order in their house, but also steals his uh, birthright. But I love this picture. Mm. They left on a horrible note. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 33, verse 1 through 11, babe, can you read this? Sure. Listen. And, and Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau was coming, and 400 men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two female servants. And he put the servants with their children in front, then Leah with her children, and Rachel and Joseph last of all. He himself went to before them, bowing himself to the ground seven times wow. until he came near to his brother but Esau ran to meet him embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept wow and then Esau lifted up his eyes and saw the women and children and said you are who are these with you Jacob said the children of whom God has graciously given your servant then the servants drew near they and their children and bowed down Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down and last Joseph and Rachel drew near and they bowed down Esau said what do you mean by all this company that I met Jacob answered, to, them, to find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob said, no, please. If you have found favor in your sight, then accept my present from my hand. Wow. For I've seen your face, which is like seeing the face of God, and you have accepted me. Please accept my blessing that brought this to you, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have have enough this he urged him and he took it so powerful isn't that come on can we celebrate god for reconciliation in this moment i mean what a picture jacob did all of this foolishness to his brother but he had to humble himself there's some of you who are the ones that are responsible for the breach and god is calling you to humble yourself and to go to the person that you have faulted mm. And to even if they say, get out of my face, at least you're doing your part. Mm -hmm. But because God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, mm -hmm. isn't it powerful? Isn't it powerful that he can cause restoration relationship? Mm. And look at how Jacob humbled himself. And consequently, look at what God did in the restoration. So good. And so I'm excited about this. And I encourage you, remember... To get to the place where you establish your own family traditions. And that you get to the place where you guard and set up boundaries to guard the family mission for your household. And lastly, that you do everything you can mm. in your power to work towards familial reconciliation. If this was a blessing to you, can you go ahead and put those hands together online in the house and give glory to our God.